Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast. Jay Zawoski here, Mar- uh, Greg Boyson to my left. Hello. Mario Tirabasi is at the United Center. He'll join us later in the show. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about in this one. The Hawks blow a 4 nothing lead to the Buffalo Sabres at home and lose the game 6-5. to five. We are presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit on PointsBet, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker all for making more than $50 deposit at PointsBet when you sign up. So, that whole thing. You know, we're sitting here before the podcast begins, Greg, and like trying to muster the anger for this loss because, look, the Hawks just aren't very good. We've said that many times. They're rebuilding, so theoretically losses are better than wins. But we're seeing a very troubling trend here where the Hawks get off to a big lead, and then blow the lead. And it's one thing against Vegas on the road against a team that is absolutely desperate for points. It's another thing to lose at home to the Buffalo Sabres. This is a really tough pill to swallow. There's so many little things to get into in this game, but it's just really frustrating, and it felt like it should have been a sure thing. For nothing after the first, you should just coast to victory. Get the puck, dump it in, and just let the clock expire. Get the two points and move on. Instead, the Hawks found every way they could to blow this game, and it sucks. And I'm pissed for the fans who decided to go to this game on a freezing cold March night against a crappy team. Two crappy teams played against each other, and the building was full, and they were nice and loud, and it's just, man, what a frustrating performance from the Hawks. And and it's just... Look, losses are losses, but a loss like this really sucks and really hurts. Yeah, I want to go full Matt Peck right now. Yeah. I want to. It's tempting. Uh, If you've never watched our Bulls postgame, it's still going on in our other studio. We're in the comforts of the Radish Garden, otherwise known as Studio B. Uh, The Bulls guys have the main studio, and... um, you know, they're very shouty, very angry. I want to be angry. <laughs> Go full pack. Do it. I, I want to. I don't have a hat to throw. So, and we got glass doors. I don't want to break anything. Yeah. Um, 
I would love to get angry, but God, I, I just, I, I don't have it in me. I'm, I'm front. Like, I don't know what I am right now. I just, you watch that just pathetic, pathetic. I I can, I can let the Vegas thing go. You're on the road. You're playing a team that is desperate to make the playoffs. You've home for nothing on home ice to the Buffalo Sabres. Now I don't, Everybody says Buffalo Sabres and automatically, oh my God, they're a bad team. Well, they're two points behind the Blackhawks right now. Yep. And they were a team that came into this game. They have eight. They, they After this ridiculous win tonight, they had, they now have points in eight of their nine last games. They have a point. So they're not as bad as we think they are. Have the Blackhawks have eight, had a streak where they've had a point in eight of nine games since 2017 <laughs> top of my I head mean, I mean maybe but nothing memorable nothing off, nothing I can think of at the moment so we should probably not be like well they lost to a, a really bad Buffalo Sabres team no they lost to a Buffalo Sabres team that's probably better than the Blackhawks right now yeah like, a bunch of people in the pat in the in the pat in the <laughs> chat pointing out that the Sabres are on the rise. They're a young team that's getting better, and and that's true. They're sort since of, 1997. Well, that's that's one thing. Uh, Pat Lafontaine is not walking through that door. But that said, it looked like they had Alexander McGillney out there for a few moments. Would you, if you were a Hawks fan, if you it, would you Hawks fans trade positions with the Sabres right now, roster wise? I don't know. It's tough because you've got Kane and Debrinket. You've got some star power and Seth Jones on this team. But when I look at two, three years from now, which team's going to be better? It's hard to not think it's going to be the Sabres. But I'm not, I don't care. I'm not, it's not about that. It's about this game tonight. And it absolutely sucks. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, like I had a, we, we've talked about this on the podcast a few times. I had a piece ready to go about how Derek King should be given the reins and be named the full time head coach and Ooh. he should lead the rebuild. <laughs> I'm not publishing that tomorrow. I can't. I got to wait for a better time. Yeah. Because timing, my friend, timing. I'm not blaming yeah, him for yeah, the loss. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. It's it's not Derek King's fault that the team couldn't get their heads out of their the collective wa- asses. It's the Zawaski curse. Oh, it's just brutal. I, oh my God. It, it, and it, it started, you know, 4 1, 4 2. Greg and I looked at each other like, this isn't this isn't about to happen, is it? And I tweeted at the Blackhawks, can we can we not do this right now? And it just kept coming and coming and coming. And then Debrinket gives the Hawks to lead late. It's five four. You're feeling good. Nope. Well, that's the second straight game that's happened yep, too. Absolutely. You blow the lead. You get game. the lead back late in the game, and you still can't hold the lead. And and listen, I Lincoln and man, he's playing himself right out of Chicago right now. It was off to a great start. He had eight solid periods in a row and one good period tonight. You know what, though? I would love to see him make a single save without some sort of rebound. Well, that's going to be a problem with both of the guys they've got on the roster right now. But you get that lead back, and it's just, and, and this is, the, this is I don't want to call it funny, but here's the ironic thing. And, and a shout-out to our Phoenix crew for their sympathy. <laughs> uh, we've been there. Yeah, yeah they know. I, we, yeah, they know. well... We we're we're brother we're brothers in in arms right now. Um, but Derek King, after morning skate today, talked about the importance of shifts right after scoring a goal, right after allowing a goal, and then in the final minute of periods and of the game. And what did they, what do they do? They give up the goal with Tenson. Now, granted, that was a fluky ass goal, but if you didn't give up the the first five 
crap goals, then you wouldn't be in a position to give up a fluky goal yep. at the end of the game. Um, so eight really good periods from Kevin Lincoln, and but three out of the last four have been garbage. Yeah, not good. Garbage. Uh, Reverend Marie Beth asks in the uh, chat, what has Derek King done to earn the job? And it's a valid question. Here's <laughs> my argument in my piece was that he took a seriously sinking ship that started, what was it, one nine and two under Jeremy Colleton. It was directionless. It was uh, you had veterans and young players angry and confused and unhappy, and it was just a disastrous situation. And at the time I started writing it, he had led the Hawks to basically a 500 record. Yeah, there were some overtime losses in there that skewed it towards the loss side, but he took a team that was bad and had them pretty solid. And what we had seen since the trade deadline was some pretty strong performances from a team that could have very easily just folded the tents and said, screw it, you traded Hagel, you traded Flurry, you traded Carpenter, we're just going to give you half an effort until the end of the year and, and get hit the golf course as soon as possible. And they hadn't done that for the first handful of games. But now the last two, maybe they were just on tape delay or something. I don't know because, look, again, the Vegas thing is different, but this game is an inexcusable loss. It's inexcusable. And anytime something like this happens, yeah, you have to look at the coach. You have to be critical of the coach. There was a couple opportunities that King could have called the timeout and didn't. I questioned that a little bit. But look... The bigger picture thing with Derek King is, and we'll get into this. We've got a couple non-post-game shows this week, so we're not going to burn through it right now. Uh, you are rebuilding. You need someone who can communicate with young players, who can encourage young players. That's what he thrives at. Wins and losses aren't so important right now. It's it's the development. It's the communication. It's the saying what you need to do. And look, I think King has done a decent job lineup-wise. His lines have clicked offensively. Defensively, at the end of the games, the team has been a disaster, but that's how they're built. They're not a good defensive team, and hopefully that's priority number one for Kyle Davidson. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more of a big-picture thing. I don't think Derek King is is the long-term guy here. I don't think Derek King is the guy that is still the coach here when if and when this team is ready to be a playoff team again. Right. But he's the he's a fine coach for right now. You don't need to go out and spend a ton of money to bring in your top free agent coach. This guy has a relationship with a lot of the young players who are already here and a lot of the young players who will be coming up in the next year or two. There's nothing wrong with that. He plays a he he puts a simple system in that guys understand and they just go out and play hockey. He keeps them loose. Guys like playing for him. I covered him for three and a half seasons in Rockford, and guys just like playing for him because he lets them just go out and play hockey. So, you know, yeah, these types of losses, they're frustrating, and there are things that he could do better in these games, but it's also hard to say, well, Derek King lost this game. No, bad defense lost this game, and Derek King can only put guys on the ice and tell them where to go. It's still up to these guys to execute. And let's, as angry as we are, I want to take a deep breath, and as I, in my brain, recap several of the Sabres' goals, they had some real fluky things yeah. happen in their favor in this game, and sometimes the puck bounces that way. True. All true. Especially the game winner where a broken stick flies past Lincoln, and he thinks that's the puck. The puck bounces off the backboards, off his heel, and in. That sucks. There's nothing Kevin Lincoln can do about that. But when you look at the numbers of this game, the shots on goal, the possession numbers, all those things – the Sabres deserve to win. Fluky goals or not, they were the better team through 60 minutes. Yeah, the Hawks had a slight edge 
in the first, but the ne- the next 40 minutes were a complete avalanche of crap <laughs> that, that happened. And the Hawks did not deserve this game. It was just a matter of time. You know, would the Sabres run out of time before they could catch up? The answer was no. And uh, the Hawks are left now with a loss, a 6-5 loss after a 4 nothing lead. Everyone is to blame for this loss, coaches and players alike. By the way, I'm pretty sure I saw Avalanche of Crap open for the Butthole Surfers back in 1990. It makes sense. Actually, yeah. you would think coming down the mountain that the Butthole yeah. Surfers would be first, and then the Avalanche of Crap would follow. <laughs> but well, their song was "Coming Down the Mountain." So, you know. <laughs> but I digress. Yes, who would have thought you'd ever hear Butthole Surfers on a post- Blackhawks podcast? But you know, only hey, if it's you and me, you never know. Yeah. Um, we're looking forward to Mario joining us. He will be at the Blackhawks postgame festivities. It's going to be really interesting to hear what the players and coaching staff had to say after this one. Uh, this is a tough pill to swallow, man. You saw some long faces on that bench. You saw some frustration. And especially, there was a moment of relief when DeBrinket scored and gave the Hawks the lead pretty late in the game. And then it all falls apart again. I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that this is not the start of some major free fall. But, but look, maybe... Maybe that's the best thing that can happen is give the Hawks the best odds to get a lottery pick so they get a first-round pick. I don't know. It's it's really a weird place to be as a fan because for the last decade-plus, we've been into every game, wanting the Hawks to win every game. This year, when we looked at the roster coming into the season, we thought potential borderline playoff team. So to adjust that thinking into, you know what, losses are probably better Um than wins at this point for the for the future of the franchise, it's really hard for me to think that way. And I'm sure it's hard for a lot of Hawks fans to think that way, even though your brain says lose, your heart says win. Because it's more fun when they win, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, hey, there's our guy. Look at how handsome he looks. They, uh... Nary any coffee on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. Here we go. Mario has joined there it is. Now we we're at full strength, we full power. We are powered up. Mario Tirabasi joins us from the United Center. Mario, thanks for jumping in. Greg and I have been sharing our thoughts on this game, so we want to give you the floor to talk about yours and uh, let us know what you heard post game. Well, while we get, all right. Well, while we while we wait for him to actually join the conversation, I wonder. Um, this was his first game allowed there with CSU. It might be his last after after that. <laughs> Maybe like <laughs> you're gonna sir, blame him for sure. You have to leave and you can't come back. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. said everybody deserves a blame, so we're gonna blame Mario too. Oh well, yeah, while well, we figure out his audio, uh, it's just so cool. You know, this is my the beginning of my second week here at CHGO, and you know, Greg and Mario, this is their fourth week. Um, just cool that they're sending reporters out that the teams have been accommodating that they're letting this new project get off the ground. I know the Hawks have been really helpful and supportive for sure uh, yeah. in terms of getting us credentialed, getting us access, all those things. And uh, that just means better coverage for you, the Hawks fans. So they, they yeah, the Blackhawks have been great uh, with Mario and myself out at practices and morning skates. And now we're, we're going to be Mario and I will be switching off home games. So uh, home game post games will include a two man crew here in studio. And then uh, one of the two of us at the United center, well, if, before we get to Mario, if you want to support CHGO the way the Blackhawks and the other teams in town, most of the other teams in town have done, the best way, the best thing to do 
is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But like I said earlier, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet, your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live College Basketball Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You don't have to get out, put your scarf on, Bundle up, put on a winter coat, scrape the ice off the car, and head to a casino. No, 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 no. You can do it all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And I think we're all squared away. Mario, welcome to your hey, show. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, you were asking about the... Um you know, the, the, the mood after the game. and uh, It was a, a frustrated and tense Derrick King. Um, you know, it was, he, he talked about being surprised and disappointed in the effort that uh, his, his, his players were, were, were giving tonight. You know, the first period, uh, it went as well as it could have. Uh, and then obviously the, the, the final 40 minutes of the game was the complete opposite you know, he spoke about the players basically going rogue um, not really sticking to the game plan and, and doing what what made them successful in the first 20 minutes and um, he was very critical of, of the players which was uh, a bit surprising but also not surprising I mean they're the ones going out there and blowing the leads not him so yeah I mean it was he, he, he called them out and I think you know, for for good reason, you get you give up. This this was the same that we saw on Saturday. You know, get out to a good lead and become complacent, and things things don't go your way. Things snowball and it gets out of control, and then you think you you kind of come back. You get you regain the lead, and then all to just blow it again. So, couple quotes here from Derek King. Uh, quote, we stopped playing the game the right way. We just decided upon ourselves to go and do what they wanted to do. Didn't do anything we asked them to do. I'm very surprised, disappointed, and they should be disappointed. We'll find out come next game how disappointed they really are about losing a game like that. So, yeah, uh, I think trying to think of it, has Derek King really been that outwardly mad before? I think we've seen him frustrated, but th- this sounds like, and not hearing the audio, just reading uh, the quotes and hearing what you're saying, Mario, this seems like the most upset that Derek King has been this season. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's few and far between to get Derek King to, you know, be that critical of his players. Um, you know, even, even with, with the Rockford ice hogs, I mean, Craig and I have seen Derek King get, get upset before, but, uh, this was, this was almost, uh, I don't want to say seething, but he was, you could tell he was kind of choosing his words properly in, in the way that he was uh, criticizing his players. 
I mean, he, he basically said after the first period, you know, some he didn't name anybody by name, obviously, but basically saying some players were out there freelancing, uh, point chasing was a term that he used, and uh, calling them out, basically saying, you know, hey, they think they're that good to, to play that way, and they're not. And I, I think that that was, you know, pretty telling of uh, – how critical he, he was and, and should be of the team because, frankly, you know, it, you get out to a, a 3 nothing first period lead, a 4 nothing lead uh, to begin the second period, and you start to think, oh, okay, it's the Sabres. We're, we're rolling over them. Um, and these aren't the Blackhawks of old where you could just step out on the ice and you're automatically better than a team like the Sabres. You're, you're, they're not. So you can't go out there and say – you know, we have a 4 nothing lead, time to just do whatever we want. You have to still stick to your game plan. And that was something that Derek King talked about and wanting to, you know, work on still building the identity of the team. And these games, for as much as they don't technically matter in the standings, they matter in building that. So an effort like this is uh, not encouraging from from a fan perspective from a coaching perspective and shouldn't yeah. be encouraging from a player's perspective. Well, the, the point chasing comment that's, uh, is very pointed. Yeah. Very that's, pointed. There's only a few people that uh, he could mean, have meant there. It doesn't take. Kelvin DeHaan. <laughs> that son of a. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, chasing that point. Doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out who now. he's talking about there. But, you know, as, as you said, it takes a lot for, for, coach king to get mad he kind of takes that like fatherly approaches i'm disappointed i'm not yeah. mad at you yep. that's the approach he usually takes a lot and we've mario and i we've we've talked to him a lot over the years a lot in rockford and, and the last couple weeks up here for him to get mad takes a lot i've seen it a couple of times but it's usually after something like this and i mentioned earlier mario that it was kind of ironic how this happened because after this morning's morning skate, we were both there listening to him talk about the importance of shifts after goals, the importance of shifts in the last minute of the game, in the last minute of the period. And it was like he was he was fortune telling this morning. He was prophesizing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he was reading the tea leaves, as they like to say. And like he almost I want to say he almost expected something like this to happen. But you could tell he wasn't feeling 100 percent great after that Vegas game. So obviously uh, he's got some elephants in the room he needs to address. And, you know, when a guy like Derek King gets angry and says something like that, yep. I think that has way more effect than a guy like a, a John Tortorella who's saying that after every game. Exactly. Even wins. Yep. So when Derek King, your, your favorite uncle in the entire world, gets mad, you probably listen. So... They're stepping up in class. Their next two games are on the road at the Panthers and at the Lightning in back-to-back games. We all know there's going to be a lot of emotion in that Lightning game with the recent trade between the two teams, but that Panthers game, that's a game where we're going to see who really wants to be there, who has hopped on the riot, as the cool kids like to say, and (laughs) who are the guys that maybe will just leave in South Florida. We've got a comment from – sorry, Mario, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's We've got get a to the ch- comments. Uh, comment in the chat from uh, Jim Z, who that might be my dad watching hey. the YouTube. Uh, it would surprise me, but you never know. He says, point chasing. Don't these guys know they're playing for their jobs? Um, 
the ones who'd be chasing points are the ones that, in my mind, are the ones who have pretty secure jobs with the Hawks. We're talking about Kane, Debrinkit, Strom. Um, guys like that are going to be the ones chasing points and looking for um, potential performance bonuses, things like that. Uh, I don't think he's talking about Sam Lafferty. I don't think he's talking about Taylor Radish. I don't think he's talking about Reese Johnson. When the term point chasing is made, it is almost always pointed at the star players. Yeah, that's that's a shot at that top line. Yeah. There's no one else he's talking about. Yeah, it, again, you know, it it really did feel like um if you if if you've ever had a a very quiet ride home from a poor performance <laughs> in a little league game or anything like that with uh with with your parent or whatever like that's what it felt like being in the in the media room with Derrick King. It was just a very upset and carefully worded uh, head coach. And yeah, I like you said, the point chasing comment was that, that stuck out stuck out to me when when he said it. And I, I you know, I, obviously, I don't expect the Blackhawks to get out to a three nothing, four nothing lead in their games uh, in Florida against either of the Panthers or Lightning. But it'll be interesting to see if, you know, these these kinds of starts to games that we've seen, if that rolls over and then they, you know, they find themselves in a competitive game and, and they, you know, they, they fight through it. They don't, you know, they don't think they can get on their heels and, and sit on a three, nothing or four, nothing lead. They won't have that opportunity in Florida. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, <laughs> what their effort level is like. Well, Greg, you mentioned, uh, you know, Derek King as like the fatherly, supportive kind of a guy. And whenever I hear a coach described that way, it makes me think of Lovey Smith. And Bears players loved him. Uh, whether you, the Bears fan, loved Lovey Smith or hated Lovey Smith, the players loved him. And they say to a man, the worst feeling was disappointing Lovey Smith. That was whenever he would show disappointment in them that would have the most impact on them as a player. Look, athletes are used to getting screamed at and yelled at for lack of performance, but when you've got someone who is an overall positive influence like Derek King, someone who's always looking at the positives, not the negatives, I think a good example we mentioned a couple shows ago is the way he's handling the Kurashev and Whistle uh, Kubalik rotation where he said, look, I told the guys, they're not doing anything wrong. Here's some things to work on, but this is just part of the plan. Nothing to worry about. That That's positive reinforcement. So when you have a guy who goes out of his way to remain positive and remain supportive, showing his anger and disappointment, I hope to God that has an impact on this team. If it doesn't, there's way bigger problems than we thought they had already. So hopefully the players get the message. They better because they've got two juggernauts coming up in Tampa and in the Panthers. Uh, and there could be some ass whoopings on deck if they are not ready to play in those two games. So I predict they're going to come out much stronger against Tampa. I think they're going to, this might be a wake up call for them. Look, they're not as talented as Tampa. They might not win the game, but I don't think we're going to see any point chasing. I don't think we're going to see any uh, half hearted efforts, half hearted 40 minute efforts like we did in this game in the Vegas game. Yeah. I'd like to see a response. I don't expect them to win either of those games down there, but just be competitive, show you care. Give us, give me, give me a reason to believe why any one of you guys, not name Alex to Brinkett, should be on the team next year. Yep, 
show me why you deserve to come back and be part of be part of the rebuild starting next season. So, yeah, I, I would hope they would get an effort after that, those comments from Derek King. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, those games could be ugly, ugly blowouts, but hockey is dumb and silly, and the Blackhawks can win both of those games one to nothing. Like, we've seen it before. Hockey's weird. It's so, it's a random you know, sport. They, the talent gap is going to be gigantic in both two games. That's what makes a frustrating this tonight's game even more frustrating because this is a team you're pretty much evenly matched with the Sabres. You know, we mentioned earlier, which roster would you rather have? Actually, if I had a choice, I would combine these two teams in the one team and then maybe you'd have a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, if you were able to, to pick and choose. Yeah, if I could take six, six wanted, skaters from each team. team, we'd probably have a playoff team. But So just Thursday night... Against the Panthers, is it the Panthers first or is it the Lightning first? I can't remember. I think it's Panthers. It's, it's then the Panthers Lightning. first on Thursday. Just give me a sign that like you guys are pissed off. We're pissed off as much as we can be pissed off for a team that we kind of like. Okay, it's okay to lose. Just don't embarrass don't like yourself. That. Don't embarrass yourself, man. Especially at home, yeah. it's just. You know, and Mario, you'd have a better indication of what the crowd was like than we did on TV, but they were vocal. You could hear them. They were into the game to come out on a cold March night to get to see two crap ass teams battle away for 60 minutes. That's a commitment from the fans. It's a lot of money. And I know players don't think that way when they're playing on the ice and they probably shouldn't, to be honest. But it's just like how crappy of a loss can we have at home? Let's let's find the worst possible loss to have. And let's do it. Let's get out to a good lead. Let's wear the record out of Chelsea Dagger and everyone's happy and getting drunk. And oh my God, what happened? What is happening? What's going on? And we lost. Guys, a couple yeah, questions I mean, in the chat. Uh, P3 Arizona wants to know what are the positives of this game, if any? Oh, we're going to get to our fourth stars of the night. <laughs> yeah, there's some definitely that's some the thing positives that's to take happening away. that I am half serious about <laughs> because who was least bad? <laughs> that, might, that might be the new segment. Yeah. The least bad player of the game was. Oy. Well, Jay, to your, to your point about the atmosphere of, of, of the UC, it was, I, I was impressed by the, the, the turnout. You know, yeah, there's empty seats, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, for a cold Monday night against two bad teams, it was a pretty impressive turnout, and yeah, obviously getting out to a, a three nothing, four nothing league crowd was into it. They were, you know, the Bud Lights were flowing, um, but it was it was quickly turned sour. And um, yeah, I, I, I think you know, if like you said, players don't necessarily think this way, but if you got you know a, a pretty decent crowd coming out on a Monday night to come watch you play the Sabers, they deserve a better result than that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's real disappointing. It's, you know, it's, I don't know. I, did, I had felt good about things, even the Vegas loss. I think the three of us went away feeling like, okay, it is what it is. Um, this is a team with cup, you know, aspirations. We thought at the beginning of the year, they've battled some injuries and some other things. So you can kind of excuse it. And you were sort of happy with the overall effort since the deadline. But this one, Boy, to go from where we were, you know, last week to now, it's a big dip. 
and to have your coach claim point chasing, oof, especially like you said, that's not that's not John Tortorella, that's Derek King, yeah, saying that, and that is concerning. That's that's an attention grabber. Yep. At least it better be. It better be. Um, you know, I want to see the Blackhawks come out pissed off. They can they can say all they want about oh we battled it's a tough loss we're fr- whatever show me show me Thursday night against the Panthers that you're pissed off. Uh, you can lose the game just give me a hundred percent effort for sixty minutes. That's all I, I'm asking. I don't that, think that's hard see, to ask and, for and a professional that, hockey player. And Greg, that's the thing. Like that should not be the minimum expectation, but it is. That's all we want to see from here on out is. Go out there and compete for 60 minutes. If you lose four to two, but you gave your max effort and you did the best you could and you just got out talented, fine. We know the Hawks don't have an NHL goalie on the roster right now. I guess a starter caliber goalie on the roster right now. Fine. These losses are going to happen, but it's the way you lose the game that is frustrating and it pisses me off. And th- this was this was one of the worst losses of the year. Honest to God, this is one of the worst losses of the year. When you look at the whole context of the thing, and as we've been talking about for the last week, guys playing for jobs. There are still guys playing for jobs on this team, and there were guys playing for jobs on this team tonight. You watch Sam Lafferty lay out Will Butcher behind the net and then go out in front and score a goal. That guy's playing his ass off. Taylor Radish at the end of the game has two, uh, two players in a headlock from the Sabres during a fight. Kachuka's mixing it up. These guys who know they've got their careers and their jobs on the line are still out there playing. Meanwhile, the guys that make the most money on the team are, as Derek King said, point chasing and, quite frankly, hurting the chances of those other guys on the team to make money and to succeed. It's just the whole thing is sickening, and the more we go, the more pissed I'm getting. Where's my hat? (laughs) Matt Peck, bring me a hat. (laughs) <laughs> I think Matt's already left. Yeah, he's, he's gone. He's, he's sho- left the building. He's shouting at random Uber drivers. <laughs> and I, was like, I can't believe they lost to the Knicks. I can't believe they lost to the Sabres. Bing bong. It was 4 nothing. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, Jay, I mean, these this this is a game that, if you know, if, if you lose it and, you know, it's a back and forth 6-5 loss, all right, you battled. But to, add, to, to see just the collapse again and to allow – you know, one goal against to turn into two, into three, into four again. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just frustrating, and and for the way that they lose the game, just it, you know, it, hockey's the stupidest sport, and people people <laughs> bet on yes, the points that, bet app actual dollars on this game. <laughs> I I don't know what to say. It's just it, it's just the most wacky and frustrating way to, to to lose a game in a season that already has had its roller coaster of emotion so it, it's just another it's another chapter in this season where you just kind of shake your head shrug your shoulders and be like well that's what happened yeah blackhawks hockey baby that, that's tough all right mario before we uh, let you go and, and and get home and all that good stuff should we get to our uh, fourth star of the night yeah let's do it All right, we'll let you do the honors. And before we do, we want to welcome a new sponsor to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. If you're an old listener of the Madhouse podcast, you know our buddy Kent Simpson of the Simpson Law Group. We've got a legal expert on the show and on the CHGO Sports Network. Kent is awesome. But after over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases, 
As an assistant Cook County State's attorney, he opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of personal injury cases, including injuries as a result of accidents involving cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, planes, um, hoverboards, unicycles, hot air balloons, and buses, construction accidents, nursing home abuse, medical negligence and birth injuries, slip and fall cases, and injuries as a result of hazardous drugs or products. Kent's firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. Simpson Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you, so call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107, or visit SinsonLawGroup.com. That's S-I-N-S-O-N LawGroup.com. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call now. Kent is our guy. He is feisty. He is an awesome guest. He is plugged into the legal system. He was such an asset during all the Kyle Beach stuff, so we're thrilled to have him make the jump from Madhouse to CHGO Blackhawks. And with that, let's get to our fourth stars of the night. Welcome aboard, Kent. Yeah, he'll be happy with this. I'm I might sure get that thrilled. unicycle between him and the new insurance. <laughs> I'm finally going to get that That's kind of my. It's, it, it, that was kind of my game-to-game bit with Kent was finding – Various vehicles to cause injury. So, all right. I'll be Amazoning. <laughs> Am I going first here? Am yes, I doing this? Yes, all right. The graphics. Time for the CHGO <sighs> fourth star of the game. If you don't remember why we started this, <laughs> uh, it's because the Chicago flag has four stars. So, we want to pick a Blackhawk player that wasn't one of the three stars of the game. And that gave us the entire roster tonight. So, we're going <laughs> to pick out. A guy that deserves some accolades. Since we've been very critical, now it's the time to be positive. So, Jay, kick us off. I'm going to start, and this might come as a surprise to you, but I thought number 56, Eric Gustafson, had a pretty solid game, and I was doing that from the eye test, and then I went in and looked at the numbers. Eric Gustafson was the lone Blackhawk over 50% in Corsi ratings. 12 uh, Corsi 4, 11 against. That's a 52.17 rate. I thought he made some decent defensive plays. I see Mario shaking his head. <laughs> Look, this was the least bad Eric Gustafson has been all year, so I'm going to throw him the bone and give him the fourth star in this game because yeah. he was not awful. All right, what's that Keep lawyer's playing him over again? Alex Vlasic. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> that said, Let's that. thank you, Mario. That said... Alex Vlasic should either be playing or in Rockford, not sitting on a bench watching Eric Gustafson be decent for once. Yeah, congratulations, number 56, yeah. for being average. Nice work. <laughs> so it is a fitting choice for this game. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for a guy we mentioned earlier, and it's a guy that I'm, I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan with each game, and that's young Mr. Sam Lafferty. We scored that goal. We saw, we mentioned that play briefly. He just completely obliterated Will Butcher behind the net. And then after he makes the big hit, he gets up, he skates right to the front of the net and yep. is rewarded with the puck, puts it in uh, for, I believe, his was that fifth, sixth goal, fifth goal of the season, second in the last three games. We were all giving Lafferty a hard time uh, for not being able to finish, but he's got two goals in his last three games. He had a real nice line. Uh, Two shots total, four hits, a block shot, and two takeaways in 1831 of ice time. So, right. obviously, he's one of the few guys Derek King is trusting right now, and rightfully so. The kid never takes a shift off. Uh, so, Sam Lafferty is my four-star pick. Sam Lafferty, I mean, what a win by Kyle Davidson in a, tra- in a trade that was just, yeah, it happened. But, wow. Like, 
what an absolute win of a trade. Absolutely. Yep. Anyways, so I'll get to my uh, my four star of the night, breaking a uh, a, a five season uh, streak of scoring one lone goal in each of those five seasons is Calvin DeHaan with his second goal of the of the season. Still here, twice as good he's, as ever. Still here. Hey, you know it's he's he, he's on, he's on fire this year. He's 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 on a hot streak. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's still here. He scored his second goal of the, of the season for the Blackhawks. So um, congrats to, to, to Calvin on, on breaking the curse. He's my uh, my fourth star of the night. But, yeah, I mean, knowing that we have the entire Blackhawks roster to uh, to select from, I think um, I'm, I'm very uh, comfortable uh, supporting Greg's uh, choice of Sam Lafferty tonight. Like, he was so noticeable and just – like talk talk about a player that is instantly becoming a fan favorite and you know so. we, we we talked we talked about having him come back on a you know on a cheap one year deal uh, might not be as cheap as we originally thought if he continues to play like this down the stretch he's he might be earning himself a couple extra uh, dollars uh, in the off season so all right, uh, I will concede, I guess, my very tongue-in-cheek vote for Eric Gustafson to Sam Lafferty. Guess, guess, Eric, <laughs> guess Eric is going to have to become a CHGO subscriber to get that Blackhawk shirt. Yeah, I guess so. That's a shame. You can afford it. <laughs> All right, congratulations to young Mr. Sam Lafferty. Uh, great job. Uh, he's been fun to watch. So yes, he has. I don't. I don't ever worry about him not answering the bell. The rest of the team, um, who knows? How many years would it take of hockey playing for uh, Alex Nylander to do what he did tonight once? <laughs> what Sam <laughs> to, Lafferty did to lay a hit and score a goal in one shift? Yeah, that's not happening. Not even in the NHL. I yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Alex Nylander's Although, next hit will be his first. Yeah, really. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, if, that guy too. It, if it if it happens, we'll miss it because I'm not paying attention to Wilkes-Barre Scranton, so right, paying attention to the NHL. All Ouch. right, Mario, should we let Mario go home? Yes, Mario's had a long day. Yeah, we'll, we'll let him get. Yeah, back it's to... it's it's me and John Weideman up here. We're we're having a oh, throw him on. Gonna, the, yeah, who's, bring him on. He's <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna stay in the press box the longest? But um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll head out here and I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Mario. Take care, buddy. Well, that was cool. That was cool. John Weideman and Seed My Wedding. He would come really? out with us. Hell yeah. Good guy, that John Weideman. Yeah, he's the best. He Love should John be, uh... They should definitely not use him more. Right. Like, why? <laughs> That's an off day show. <laughs> yeah, really. Let's, uh, let's overthink show. the whole broadcast thing more than we already are. We talked and... about Sam Lafferty, and he seems to have a, a, a competitive edge. Of late, and uh, you know, if you want to start your day with a competitive edge, Strava CBD coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad spectrum CBD. That is combining two of my favorite things on this planet coffee and hemp. In one place, <laughs> CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, Same. but it does offer you real benefits that can help you. Uh, you will feel alert and focused without the jitters of your normal strong coffee. 
You're going to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. And if there are anything that is, I wake up with more than anxiety and aches and pains. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Plus including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep. So you wake up feeling your best. And that's not all. That's not even the best part. The best part is Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. I've been drinking it the last couple of mornings. It tastes fantastic. And then you get the hemp. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD uh, for those looking for more traditional CBD format with powerful entourage effect of benefits. I hope I said that right. That didn't sound right. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use the code CHGO25, that's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's S-T-R-A-V-A, CraftCoffee.com. And when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout, uh, you're going to get 25% off your entire order. Already love Strava? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatic delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. They're not. They're making this as easy as it can be. Yeah. And it's a great cup of coffee and Do you it. get all the benefits of the CBD. So I highly recommend it. Finally, a product people can look at me and believe that I actually use it. And uh, I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, all the things you said, same. Yes, big <laughs> fan of hemp, big fan of coffee. Uh, Strava is fantastic. We love you, Strava. I think we're all going to need some Strava after tonight. I think the Hawks needed some before this uh, game. I think we're just going to need straight edibles after tonight's yeah, game. Forget yeah, the, that's for sure. Got to go for the other side of the plant tonight. Uh, we got a, about a segment to go here, and we're going to get to uh, more in this game, but a little bit of NHL news. Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick passed away, only 62 years old, yeah, after a battle with an unspecified illness. Uh, saw that news is kind of out of the blue, and, and maybe I just maybe it's just been off my radar. I'm not the biggest follower of the Ottawa Senators, but anytime you see a guy that young and frankly with that much money pass away, it's kind of it's terrifying. I mean that's that's scary to see. So I'm sure more details will come out, but that's a uh, Big off-ice story from hockey tonight. But uh, getting back to this game, Greg, Kirby Doc missed the game uh, with a non-COVID-related illness, so could be battling a cold. Maybe he's got the runs. Who knows? Um, but it got me thinking, and I think a lot of other people I saw on Twitter thinking, it's kind of bad that the number three overall pick from a few years ago misses a game and you don't really notice. That's not great, and... I am remaining optimistic on Kirby Doc. I keep reminding myself how young he is. I keep comparing his performance to other young players taken, um, you know, Capo Caco and players like that, like near him and around him that have had similar production. But I really felt like by now, Kirby Doc would have been a much bigger factor for the Blackhawks than he's been. And, you know, I think his absence tonight sort of amplified the fact that Boy, it didn't really feel like if only Kirby Doc was here, things would be better. I still have hope that he's going to turn into a good player. I think the ship has sailed on Star. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're looking at a maximum, you know, really solid second line center type of a player, um, which is at the number three pick. That's a miss. 
That is a miss. You've got to pick that high. You've got to get a, a borderline star, a multi-time all-star with a pick that high. And uh, as it looks right now, Kirby Doc will never be that kind of a player. And it's really disappointing. And and uh, hopefully he can find whatever it is he's missing. And I know there's all these built-in excuses of the injuries and missing training camps and no time in Rockford, which was, to me, one of Stan Bowman's biggest missteps as a GM. Um there's a lot of built-in excuses there for him, but time's running out on excuses, and and the B word, um, bust, not the other B word, um, starts to enter the conversation in not Kirby Doc, and not, not a good kind of bust. It's either. not something I thought this early in his career would even be on the table, but it is, and you know, I I I don't know him being out of the game and me kind of going, eh, that's that's very telling. Yeah. Um... Yeah, exactly. Like, God, I don't know what to say anymore about the Kirby Doc thing. I like Kirby Doc. Uh, he's a wonderful young man. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, man, just disappointing big time. And you you'd mentioned not any time in Rockford. That was so detrimental. I mean, granted, he couldn't have played in Rockford that first year. I don't understand why they just couldn't give him his nine games and send him back to the WHL and bring him back at the end of the year, much like they did with Brendan Saad uh, when he, when he, after he first got drafted, that turned out pretty well. I mean, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get round three of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stan Bowman's gone. It's not happening, but yeah, I, I don't think we're ever going to get the guy we thought they were going to, or the guy Stan Bowman thought he was drafting at number three. We're not getting the franchise center. That's not going to happen. That I'm, fairly confident is not yeah. going to happen. I don't even think he's a center period. I mean, you can't have a center that just cannot win a face off. It's, it's a problem. It's so bad. Like if he was 40%, right. We're talking like thirties and twenties. Right. Some nights. I mean, like, Dylan, Dylan Strom has all of a sudden become a really good face off guy. Well, he, was, he was decent bad. in Phoenix and right. then got bad when he got here. Right. <laughs> but you know, so there is hope that he can become okay, but I don't want to see it anymore. It's like it doesn't. We, he can't win faceoffs, so stop putting trying to make him a center. Stop trying to force a square peg into a round hole. At this point, maybe in the summer you send him to live with y- uh, Yannick Perot and he figures it out. But right now, I don't want to see him at center anymore. And one thing that I am encouraged about it does nothing to do with Kirby Dog. But you mentioned that getting no time in the AHL hurt him and it has a hundred percent and there was no reason for him to be in the nhl even the last two years his first two years of his career really wasn't much of a reason um but i do like the fact that they are taking the exact opposite and correct approach with lucas reichel really their only dynamic right prospect they have in the system now where they are saying you are in rockford you are the guy in rockford and i think that is going to make him a far better professional player much quicker uh, than if they would have brought him up this year and done the same mistake. So I'm already encouraged a lot. uh, Even after just a kick in the junk loss, like tonight was I'm still encouraged and I'm hopping on the ride with Kyle Davidson because he's, we talked about the trades and his aggressiveness and he seems to know exactly what he kind of wants to do here, but his patience with prospects at least early on is encouraging 
Guys like Lucas Reichel has been down there the whole year, except for a couple of games up here. A guy like Ian Mitchell, who had a ton of NHL time last year, but really also went rushed. backwards. Yes. He's essentially been in Rockford. Wyatt Kalnuck. Uh, Nicholas Bodine is another first-round pick that not a lot of people talk about, but yep. he's progressing down there. There's nothing wrong with playing two or three full seasons in the AHL, especially as a defenseman, before you try and come up here. So, you know, we can we can wonder what Kirby Doc is going to be or isn't going to be, but at least they at least now seem to value development more than they did in the past so you don't make the mistake of rushing another Kirby doc. Cause they are going to have some high picks here in the next yeah. couple of years. That's the, that's the plan. They are hopefully going to have maybe another top three pick in the next couple of years. And you can't make those mistakes again. You got to take your time and Kirby doc. Some of this isn't his fault. No, but at some point, well, look, he, you got to do something at three. He was Changed o- my mind. He was overdrafted at three. Anyway, any, Absolutely. if you looked at any sort of draft Bowen guide, it was big. five, six, seven, Somewhere in that range. And as Stan Bowman always does, he falls in love with his guys. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room and overdrafts a guy. You did not need to take Kirby Doc at three. You could have traded down to get the five or six and say, I'm going to take him there. I'm confident he'll still be there. That's the sort of thing a savvy GM does. Stan, Stan always wanted to prove that he was the smartest guy exactly. in the room. And, and, he, and he dicked over his franchise with that mentality. You know who else, by the way, was a rushed prospect? Henry Okaharu. Yeah. They rushed him into the NHL lineup and he actually held his own a little bit, but I had um, someone with the organization tell me like, imagine a duck on the pond where everything looks calm on the surface, but underneath the legs are just kicking wildly. That's what Yokoharu was doing. And he was just trying to survive. That is not the way you develop a prospect. Survival does not help a top level, a top skill NHL player develop and become a valuable asset. It makes them fight for their NHL life and try to hang on and try not to make mistakes. No, let them play in the minor, especially defensemen. It is so rare. Look at like Bowen Byram is a great example. Same draft as Doc finally is getting time on the ice this season. It takes time to develop players. It takes time to develop, especially defensemen. And I'm so grateful that Kyle Davidson sees that, realizes that, and doesn't say, I need to slap a Band-Aid named Lucas Reichel on the Blackhawks right now and hope for some instant crowd pop and maybe some some short-term instant offense. No. Let the kid develop. Let him dominate. Let him learn the speed of the game and then call him up when he's ready. If you want to start him day one next season, I'm down for that. But just let your kids be kids and learn how to play the game. Let them learn how to be pros. Remember, these kids coming out of the draft, this is the first time in their lives they're not dominating. And that's a huge adjustment. And Kirby Doc coming from the Saskatoon Blades, you watch some of the videos of him playing. and He was towering. It was like man versus children. So to go from that to the NHL, is a huge jump where everyone is Kirby Doc size and everyone has his speed. That is a giant, giant leap to go from junior to the NHL in a top six role, which they handed him. And again, I'm not blaming Doc. I think the Hawks failed him in development. I think he could have developed into a better player, and he still might. I'm not completely giving up on him, but 
that to me is one of the biggest missteps of Stan Bowman's uh, tenure as GM. And there were many. Uh, that to me might, at the end of the day, be the biggest. And what's funny is all these things that we're ranting about, Stan Bowman's gone. So it's it's almost like, like what are you going to do? You just got to hope that Kyle Davidson drafts better, develops better, all those sort of things. And in a couple of years, the Hawks are ready to compete again. I just want to do a quick shout out. Uh, Jay Serio in the chat asked a couple of times about coaching alternatives. Uh, guys like David Quinn, Paul Maurice, Pete DeBoer. Uh, we can quickly discuss that. I mean, David Quinn seemed to be okay with young players with the Rangers. Yep. And that ended, you know, poorly for him. Uh, but obviously they felt they needed to get a Gerard Gallant to take that next step. It, so far it's worked pretty well there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so maybe uh, Paul Maurice, Pete DeBoer, I don't want either one of those guys, to be honest with you. And those guys aren't young teams. That that would be a guy you bring in when the young team is ready to compete. Exactly. That's your um, Savard to Quenville move. Right. Those are the guys. And Pete DeBoer, I think, eh, I don't know. He just, he gets good results from regular season teams and can get teams almost there and then kind of piddles down his leg when he gets there. Yeah. So um, that, that, that's kind of my thing for King. It's like, I just I like the personality and I like the simplicity of his coaching style. Now, am I reevaluating those thoughts after these losses a little bit? I got to be honest. Like your sports opinion should be should not be static. <laughs> like right. new information has come to light, man. Like you know you've got to you've got to change the way you think about some things. But I still think if they take the interim tag off Derek King, I'm going to be satisfied with that. I think he, the personality is the right personality for rebuild. He's not trying to reinvent the wheel stylistically or, or uh, system-wise. Just put a guy in there who's good with the kids and let them develop. And then when it's time to win, you reevaluate. And maybe he is your next Dennis Savard. Thanks for your service. Now we're good. Bye. Yeah. We're going to bring in the stud Hall of Fame coach. Frozen, that's going to get us over Frozen the Ricky Renteria. Uh. <laughs> yeah exactly. but listen Derek King is a guy that we talk about all these players can progress he can progress and learn from Absolutely. his mistakes too and I think he has become a better coach since day one to now and I don't know you could ever say that about his predecessor that Jeremy Carlton ever progressed he was no. the same hard, hard-headed stubborn whack job from day one that is it was to the day they fired him he never wanted to adjust he never wanted to change and that's why he's he's sitting at home and not behind the blackhawks bench where at least i think king uh can progress and develop as a coach and you hope to see that and what harm is it going to give you over the next two seasons to see if he can develop into something else either? Nothing. And Nothing. If, and if it turns out to be a disaster, then okay. Then I don't bring think it'll be a disaster in. because that, he, that's the thing. I, he puts young players in positions to succeed and doesn't give them too much that they, that he knows they can't right. handle. And that's all you want out of a coach at yes. this point of a development uh, of a rebuild. You just want a guy that's going to put guys in the positions to succeed. And he has done a really good job with that and keeping it simple. These are young players. Keep it simple. And he does that. So why the heck not for two more seasons? It's not going to do you. It's going to do you far less harm uh, than, than people think. Yep. All right. We're going to wrap things up here, but some programming notes tomorrow will be live at 1 30 PM. It's going to be a pantsless edition. Pantsless edition. We're all going to be, it's going to be remote. We're all going to be sitting there with no, I know I'm not going to have pants on Wednesday. We will be here at 1230 PM. And then we've got post games Thursday and Friday. So we're Monday through Friday this week. Uh, so make sure you join us tomorrow at 1 30. 
Wednesday at 1230, and then we'll be back for post games Thursday and Friday. And a reminder, CHGO Blackhawks is presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. For my partner, Greg Boyson, right here. For my partner, Mario Tirabasi, who is driving home. And for our producer, Steven, thanks for joining us here on CHGO Blackhawks. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, and go Blackhawks.